0: All right, welcome. It is Thursday, March 25th. We're here at the Ohio, and as always, Craig and Brandon are beside me. How are you guys doing today?
1: Doing well. How are you?
0: Excellent. Excellent. Brandon, it's been interesting yesterday. I actually was kind of surprised by this. Um, The Ohio House and Senate passed a bill um, saying that they're the ones that can create and manage the health orders in Ohio when it comes to COVID. And um, this has been discussed for a couple months. It's been kind of a talking point with um, House and Senate Republicans, but it actually happened. Uh, DeWine, has promised, overrode the bill, but they overrode his override. So believe it or not, starting in June, uh, according to law, it's going to be up to the legislature. Um, I'm confused about how this is all going to work, um, but let's talk about Brian. what do you think about it?
2: Oh what I think about it, I probably um not, not important, but what I think is interesting though is uh um just kind of curious how what it will mean for the next kind of public health crisis we have down the road um yeah. I mean we're kinda this is coming after after we're getting everyone's getting vaccinated, and so now it's kind of now it's kind of a race between restrictions that really should stay in place are getting rolled back and the number of people getting vaccinated and to real and the the real unknown factor is is kind of like the variant going around we don't know if really still kind of unclear i think on how it uh, whether the vaccine is effective against it or not i think i've heard more so it, it is but i'm not sure feel free to fact check me on that but um Honestly though this will be interesting when maybe 50 uh, 25 50 years there's a public health crisis and the governor acts and then the state's like oh state legislators are like oh we're 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 sending these orders um it, it then it's sort of like um you know they they always kind of reframed the uh, pandemic as sort of like a war fighting the silent enemy um and but if it was an actual war imagine if you know, you have your executive, your commander in chief sort of like issuing out orders from his executive branch and the legislature pulls says, nope, nope, nope. Um, I mean, that could get really hairy, I guess, in terms of fighting the enemy in that sense. But, um, you know, of course, kind of the issue of the pandemic is, is uh, obviously it's fighting a virus, but it's just a virus that not everyone agrees with on terms of one, whether it existed or two, it's it exists, but it's not as bad as their ma- media or the scientists are making it out to be. And or three, it's like, you know, I just want to live kind of attitude. You know, e- everyone left to their own devices. So that's kind of the mentality uh, we're fighting against or where everyone's debating around or everyone's kind of clashing on. But um, I think it, the, it. it's more this will be this will be some sort of fun, fun story. X amount of years down the road that says, wow, it's because of this pandemic. This is why um, action or responses to the, to the, another public health crisis are nulled.
0: Well, and we can only hope. I mean, COVID is taking a downturn right now. And, you know, as you said, there's a race for the vaccines. Um, President Biden's talked about, hey, it'll be available by the end of May. So we're hoping that by June, it won't be, I mean, it's still gonna be a crisis. I'm I'm hoping it still goes down because Craig, where I'm really confused by is, so DeWine and the health department can still make orders. They could be rejected or modified as soon as they were given. So how, I mean, the assumption is of the current Republicans are in the House and Senate, they'll just say (laughs) no more health orders. But in the future, like Brandon was saying, if there's another health emergency, how do you do it where you modify? I mean, it, it looks like it's going to be a huge, you know, bunch of crap with people going, oh, I like this part. Well, I don't like this part. Are they going to have to vote on every order? I mean, it sounds like this could be really, really confusing no matter what side of this you're on.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think Brandon makes a great point that, you know, maybe this doesn't <clears throat> impact this year, you know, this COVID issue so much where – Maybe years from now, it could impact another health issue. And, you know, it seems like they're going to have free will to do whatever they want. If they want to modify, if they want to reject, they can do whatever they feel like doing. And it's just frightening that, you know, we have, let's let's say COVID happened 10 years from now. And, you know, we had the, the division we had with COVID last year where some people believed it was real. Some people don't. Some people don't believe it's serious at all. Some people do. And, you know, you hate to loop in some of the people that voted against this, you know, in in the Ohio, you know, legislative branch, but as a whole, it's been passed and, you know, you've got to look at it from that perspective. And now I think, why even have health officials? Why have people making these decisions? Because We already know that there are plenty of people out there that just simply do not believe any of this is real. Even though we've crossed over a million cases, we've had 18,000 deaths in Ohio, more across the country and across the world. I don't know what it would take for people to realize that this is real. So that makes me scared for the future when maybe there's something else down the line where we would be lucky to have someone maybe in Mike DeWine's position and also would Dr. Amy Acton when she was here, understand the risks and try to protect the state. And at this point, if that happens in the future, it could get overridden very quickly and we could go back to doing whatever we wanted and maybe something like this could spread like even more wildfire and be even more dangerous for the state. So that's, it's a scary proposition.
0: Uh, Brandon, I'm looking at his Columbus Dispatch story. No immediate comment from DeWine. Uh, story kind of focuses on what a lot of Republicans and Democrats said about the vote. But, you know, today there's slated to be another Mike DeWine press conference. Um, he's been very adamant, you know, saying, hey, I'm, I'm going to override. Well, I'm going to veto this bill. This is kind of, you know, I don't think the word ridiculous, but it pretty much says ridiculous for them to do it. What kind of language do you expect to hear from DeWine? Today and upcoming as they adjust this New Law.
2: Uh, you know, Dewine has called every Republican who's called for or probably christened every almost every Republican and who's want who's wanting to impeach him or called him mean and said nasty things about him. He says, Oh, they're my friend. Um so I think Dewine's not he's not one for fiery rhetoric, I think. Um earnest, at least when it came to the pandemic response and really, really like um kind of just encouraging Ohioans to, to, um, take this fire seriously. But when it comes to the politics one, I, I think he's not, in, he's not necessarily interested to get into, the, into that foray, but, um, um, it, it's, it's, um, I don't really know if we'll really get, I think, you know, how, how much, how much, um, you know, he'll get, um, oh. Woken up about, you know, fired up to talk about this today compared to maybe the compared to maybe um, uh, uh, schools uh, when he was upset with the schools not reopening um, on time. So I I don't know if it will be on that route, but I I highly doubt it.
0: Well, I I think it'll be interesting to see if he talks about it in his the start of the press conference before reporters ask questions or not. But I can guarantee you from talking to some reporters who are going to be there today, that probably will be, if not question one, question two of the press conference. So I, I'm sure they're going to ask for a comment for it. And yeah, like you said, Brand, probably knowing his personality attitude, he'll probably repeat the same stuff he said before, where, you know, he, he says it's his opposition and it's it. I mean, you don't see a Trump-type, you know,
2: you know, yelling at people. He's not going to call. That. He's not going to call them idiots and <laughs> right, right. Say these are. I uh, don't um, you know. I'm sure what, he'll be. Stern,
0: he'll be stern for DeWine, uh, but you know, again, stern for DeWine, you know, not Trump like. Uh, Brandon it was interesting. Friend of shows, Jake Zuckerman, um, you know, tweeted out yesterday. Ohio GOP lawmakers really made Governor DeWine look weak. Um, DeWine was pushing for Ma's gun control bill. They s- skipped it and passed Stand Your Ground, which DeWine signed. Then they overrode his veto and stripped him of much of uh, High Department of Health's pandemic power, all as a primary in Um Very interesting uh, tweet from Jake, and it kind of tells you that I'm. <laughs> it's probably not, will it be a primary challenger? How many primary challengers will it be for DeWine? Um, you know, we're still way before the primary, but do you think, um, he may have trouble in the primary considering where a lot of Republicans heads around with the pandemic.
2: Oh, first off, it's just funny that, cause I was thinking about this tweet as I was talking earlier, it's just like, um, um, but, um, um, yeah, I think, um, DeWine is definitely going to have, um, I think there's going to be, it would be surprising if he did not have a primary challenger. And I, it will definitely be someone more from the Trump faction, uh, I think. And uh, it's just a question of who. Um, and um, I would be mostly surprised, but I'm not necessarily a political reporter in and out who has like a better pulse on this, but from just as an outsider looking in, I just think that, um, um, you know, it's, it's um, they were the Republican party in the Senate and the house are just not happy with, with with uh with the governor um, and um, it's kind of a byproduct sort of because they represent different parts of the state with constituencies that you know po- large pockets maybe of um, of not not content with the with the shutdowns or the restrictions or the mask mandates. So that's why I think it's kind of you you have more di- diverse or more like this kind of extremist pop uh. Viewpoint de- in the legislature, but um, I don't know how that'll transfer translate over to who will rise to to be their their champion in the in the governor primary.
0: Yeah, Craig, it's going to be interesting. I mean, you know, DeWine has endeared himself to a lot of Ohioans, but you know, it's not Ohioans that typically vote Republican. Uh, you know, I mean, he's got to run Republican. I don't think he's going to be a third party to try to run Democratic, but. I think he may have trouble in the primary. I mean, I think he's done a decent job, but I'm wondering how he's going to, you know, do with when you just have Republicans voting for you.
1: Yeah, I think he's going to be in for a a real fight. I, I don't think it matters who he goes up against. I just, I feel like he's, even though he maybe has won some votes from across the aisle, that won't really help him in the primary unless you have, you know, Democrats uh, change their party affiliation in Ohio. I, he's just going to be in for an uphill battle, and it's not really, you know, anything that he's done wrong, in my opinion. It's just people perceive what he's done as being a little too much, and maybe that he's hurt the economy. And I think people are going to campaign against him in under the the guise of saying that he's the reason why your small businesses have failed, or he's the reason why the economy went in the tank, and not necessarily even bring up COVID. It's just Mike DeWine's actions, you know, did that, I think is what the argument's gonna be from some of his challengers. So um I think he's done a, a fine job with handling this pandemic, but I don't think other people are gonna care to think that and they're just gonna say, This is this is why your small businesses have failed. It's because of him. He's the reason. So I think he's gonna be in for a real a real fight for the for a primary, no matter who it's against.
0: We were joking about this, and it literally asked the wine during a press conference, would he endorse his former health director, Amy Acton, assuming she's still running for Senate? I, I think another good question is going to be assuming Amy Acton runs for Senate, who does Mike, who is Acton endorse in the governor's race, if they ask her? I mean, yeah, you would think she would endorse a Democrat because that's what she's running as, but or would run as, but I, I
2: wonder how that would just I disagree, Chris, because. I think the biggest gripe Acton, I think the reason why she left partly was nothing not so much because people were outside her house with guns protesting, mm-hmm. but I think it was really she didn't really like see DeWine, I think at the beginning did a uh, with Acton did a good a job tackling the virus right away, being proactive, but he certainly led up the terms when he allowed indoor and outdoor dining and i yeah. not so, and I don't know if those were the exact orders that bothered Acton, but she did yeah. say in a New Yorker article is like she just felt uncomfortable with where the direction was going and right. she couldn't uh, she couldn't um abide by it so that's why she resigned i think but so i don't think she would necessarily come out and endorse dewine it's possible but um or she might and most likely she won't say anything and, yeah. and focus more on her on her if she was running for senate i think that's just the safest route to go politically
0: well, it's been interesting, though, because I don't agree with a lot of the political moves that Daphne Dell make, but it's interesting to hear how he's lumping Act and DeWine together already, um, because it might put Act in a weird spot, you know what I mean? And I, and I think you're right. I mean, I think she's smart, she won't say anything, or if she says something, it'll be very diplomatic. I mean, she's not going to say DeWine's grace or throw DeWine under the bus, but it'll be interesting. I, I like I said, you know, we're political animals, we like following politics, and, you know, the government's race and the Senate race is going to be interesting, too. Oh, and before, Craig, I think we're safe talking about the interview next week, right? Yeah. Yeah, let, let's promo it, because obviously this has to do with our the discussion we just had. We're excited. Next Wednesday night, uh, we are slated to interview... Um, Ohio, well, president contrary the Mike DeWine, uh, Dan Tierney, um, about a bunch of stuff. And, hey, you know us. We want to try to be silly, but we're definitely going to try to do that. But we'll also ask some serious questions about what's happening. And, um, you know, we're supposed to talk later about what questions we're going to ask. But I'm sure at least one of the questions is going to be about, you know, the news of yesterday. So it'll be interesting to see how Tierney responds and, what they have moving forward. So uh, our plans are to record that Wednesday night, and we will get that online pretty much directly after the interview. So yeah, look forward to that. It should be good. Well, hey, thanks for checking out the Highland or segment. Um, again, stay tuned. We have segments um, each and every day. Um, support us with a listener support. You can win uh, entries for a contest. We can win the book Hope Interrupted. Hopefully, you checked out their podcast um, yesterday and. Um, just stay tuned and keep showing us with your friends. Uh, thanks again, so much.